Natural born men and women, welcome to another episode of Rise the Black Republican Podcast. I am your host, Lawrence Haley, the Black Republican. And on today's episode, we're going to discuss one of my favorite topics. It is the most wonderful time of the year, Black History Month. We'll also get into the headline I love and the headline I hate. And of course, we'll always talk about the uncertainty of the week. Here we go. Black History Month. I say this a little tongue-in-cheek when I say it's my most favorite time of the year because I really have mixed emotions on the entire thing. I believe that Black History Month started with good intentions and it evolved to where it's at today. And where it's at today is something that I just, I'm somewhat appalled with. Realistically, the idea behind Black History Month, and you have to look into the origins of it. So for those who don't know, sometimes we just take things for granted. But for those who don't know, the origins of Black History Month came from Negro History Week. There's a week that was in February back in 1926. It was established by Carter G. Woodson. This was a historian, African-American man who went to Harvard. He was a Harvard historian, so intelligent person. And this was before affirmative action, so we know he actually earned his way into Harvard. And Carter Woodson wanted African-American history or Negro history at the time, they called it, to be included in the general history of America because that's what it should be. African-American history is a part of American history. We are all Americans and it should be included just blanket. African-American history or black history, however you want to say it, shouldn't need its own individual month. It should just be incorporated as a part of regular history. And that's how it should be in the story. If you want to go and look up a phenomenal person, go read the biography of Carter Wilson. If you want to read a phenomenal story, look up the history of Carter G. Wilson. His parents were slaves. He was a free man, and he went on to graduate college. He went on to Harvard, get his PhD from Harvard. He was actually the second African-American in the United States to get a PhD from Harvard. And on top of that, he is the only person in American history whose parents were slaves and the child went on to obtain a PhD. So really fascinating things there. When you look at the next step of where Black History Month came from, so again, started as Negro History Week, and it was the second week in February in honor of President Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass really didn't know when his birthday was, so he kind of adopted the second week of February, February 14th. So... In honor of Abraham Lincoln and in honor of Frederick Douglass, Carter Wilson established Negro History Week as the second week of February. So that continued all the way until 1970. Also, Black History or Negro History Week was largely celebrated just by educational institutions. The whole purpose, again, was to include this as a part of history and make it normal for historians as a part of history. So that continued all the way until 1970. In 1970, Kent State University became the first organization to actually expand it to an entire month and say, we're going to look at this thing and we're going to look at Negro history or black history for an entire month. That goes on for a couple more years. And in 1976, Gerald Ford steps up and says, that we should seize the opportunity to honor the too often neglected accomplishments of black Americans in every area of endeavor throughout our history. So without President Ford, we wouldn't have Black History Month on a national scale like we do today. So you have to give credit where credit is due. And I must point out, 
he was a Republican president, but Republicans are racist, right? Oh, I forgot about that. So couldn't have been a Republican president. Anyways, now we jump ahead a couple more years. We're going to go to 1986. And this is when Black History Month becomes officially recognized through law, through the legal system. In March of 1985, there's a resolution introduced to recognize the month of February as National Black History Month. Who introduces this motion in the Senate, you ask? None other than Mr. Controversial himself, Senator Strom Thurmond, another Republican. So it's introduced in 1985, ends up passing the Senate and passing the House in 1986. It was February 11th, 1986, where another Republican, President Ronald Reagan signs off on this and they pass the motion to recognize February as Black History Month on a national scale from a legal perspective. The things you have to look back at, too, again, is it's introduced by Republican Strom Thurmond in a Republican controlled Senate at that point and passed by a Republican president. But again, we are told this lie that. Oh, oh, they're so bad. Those evil Republicans, they're so racist. And then we're also told, no, 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 the parties flip-flopped. Yeah, Republicans used to be for black people, but then the parties flip-flopped. Well, when did the parties flip-flop? Some people say the parties flip-flop in the 60s, but here we are in the 80s, and they're passing Black History Month as a national holiday. So to recap, we have... Negro History Week introduced in 1926, then silence until about 1970 when Kent State University makes it a month and they celebrate it at their university for a month from a historical perspective. Then we fast forward to President Ford, who says, hey, we should recognize this on a national level and look at the contributions that African-Americans have made to our history. Then fast forward a little bit more. And we have, of course, Senator Strom Thurmond, who introduces the bill on the Senate floor. It gets passed by the House. It gets passed by President Ronald Reagan. And boom, Black History Month is established, period. Now, we could go on and on talking about Strom Thurmond and all his flaws, because not only was the guy an interesting character and a flawed man, what he became known for was holding one of the longest filibusters in U.S. history against the Civil Rights Act of 1957. He also fathered a black daughter, which he didn't speak about publicly and kept a secret. And you can read about that and her biography. She did say that financially he supported her, but you can interpret that as hush money or however you want to look at it. But he was a flawed man. All of us are flawed. None of us are perfect. We've all sinned and fell short of the glory of God. So that's Strom Thurmond. Hey, that's his own life. But here we are. Now, if we look at where Black History Month is now, it is an aberration of what it was originally intended to be. If you look on Netflix, Disney Plus, any of your social media now, it's black brilliance, black excellence. And not only is it saying, oh, black brilliance, black excellence, which I'm fine with because there is a such thing, but it's saying, oh, black is brilliant. Black is excellent. Black is remarkable. 
I think I mentioned this before where Dr. Martin Luther King said, let's not be judged by the color of our skin, but by the content of our character. And to make the statement that just because one is black, it's excellent. Or just because one is black, it's brilliant. We're looking at color, not at content of one's character. So Black History Month has been perverted to where it's at right now. And it's not the intention that even Carter Woodson had for Black History Month when he created Negro History Week. A quick example of this, I was flicking through Prime Video the other day, and as I'm flicking through some of the headings, they have the celebrations of Black History Month or what have you, and black directors, black movies, all segregated into their own little segregation pile. So that way, if you're a racist and you don't want to watch those movies, you can just avoid that whole portion. Because, you know, that's what we're doing now with Black History Month. We're segregating it and putting all the little black guys in the corner. But anyway, I digress. So it had Black History Month celebrations, and the top banner movie was Medea Goes to Jail. Are you kidding me? So that's gonna how we're going to celebrate black history and black achievement. We have Tyler Perry dressed up as a woman, and it's Medea Goes to Jail. That's that's cool. That's our representation of black history. I actually saw something that was really funny today. It was one of you know viral clip or what have you, but it said that George Floyd is the perfect black man for liberals and Democrats. He was poor, unemployed, criminal, and that's why they celebrate this man. That's why they're boosting him up so much because that's exactly what Democrats want black men to look like. They want them to be poor, uneducated, jobless, because ignorant, dumb people will continue to vote Democrat. And hear me out. As I just said, education is key and education is vital. So, yes, do I believe that African-Americans need to learn about their history and know the accomplishments that they have contributed to the American dream? Absolutely. I can tell you that I have a vivid memory. There was a book when I was in fifth grade. I had my first black or African-American teacher. Her name was Mrs. Freeman. And there was a book called We Had a Dream. And it was a little small book of all the accomplishments that African-Americans have made to American society. And it was a great book because it really taught me and it instilled in me that I can contribute to this country and I am a part of this country. So that's where I feel African-American history has a role. And that's where I feel it has a part once we take African-American history or black history and make it a part of the bigger picture. And I'm not the only one that feels this way. There's a very famous interview that Morgan Freeman did uh, where he's talking about black history versus white history versus uh, Jewish history. I'll play the clip for you real quick so you can hear that. Black History Month you find ridiculous. Why? You're going to relegate my history to a month? Oh, come on. What do you do with yours? What, which month is white history month? No, well, no, 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 come on, tell me. Well, I'm Jewish. Okay, which I'm month Jewish. is Jewish history month? There isn't one. Oh, oh, why not? Yeah. Do you want one? No, 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 I, 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 I don't either. I don't want a black history month. Black history is American history. See, and that's exactly it. It's right there. It's... Black history is a part of American history. It's all one. So at this point in society, do I feel we need to celebrate it on a national scale like we do? 
Probably not. At least, at least not in the context that is being celebrated, where black is excellence and black is brilliant and black is remarkable. No, we're not there. That's 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 not all the time. I was actually talking to somebody, and I saw something that said black is remarkable, and I said not all the time. It can be based on the content of one's character, but just because the skin color is not necessarily remarkable, George Floyd was not remarkable. All right. I've talked about that enough. Again, I've told you before when I first launched this podcast, it's not to be about black people all the time. The whole purpose of this podcast is to demonstrate that black people like myself adhere and align with conservative values and conservative values just make sense for our country in general. So we'll get into it. We'll talk about the headline I hate and the headline I love. And of course, our absurdity of the week. Starting off with the headline I hate, and I have to preface this one. When I say hate, I am talking about the headline, not about the people. So I'm going to read this headline here. This is from the Daily Caller, but you can Google it. It's on CNN. It's everywhere else. But the headline is, Biden's Health and Human Services Fund study to help transgender people cope with stress from COVID-19 in 2027. Yes, let me repeat that. To cope with stress from COVID-19 in 2027. So if you go down to the article a little bit further, it says the Biden administration is funding a study that will stretch into 2027 to help transgender people cope with the financial and psychological stress related to the pandemic. The Department of Human Health and Services has approved more than $1.4 million in funding for Duke University and other organizations to develop inter interventions that will help transgender people cope with the COVID-19 pandemic-related financial and mental health harms and to promote prevention behaviors, according to a federal spending database. The program will end in March 2027, nearly five years after the Department of Health and Human Services has declared that the pandemic is over. And hopefully you can tell why I hate this article. It has nothing to do with the fact that it's transgender people. It has the fact that we're spending money on COVID research to go to 2027. And if we're going to say that everyone's equal because of diversity, equity, inclusion, everyone is equal, right? Then why does a transgender person suffer any differently than any other person with COVID? Then number two, are we really thinking someone's suffering from COVID stress into 2027? That's at least three years from now. And like the article said, five years after the Department of Health and Human Services said that the pandemic is over. So this is just ridiculous. It's a money grab and it's a cute headline to sit there and say, oh, look what we're doing. Look what the Biden administration is doing for transgender people. So it's it's absolutely crazy. And to be honest with you, I don't have the data to demonstrate this for sure yet. So I'm not going to say this is a definitive thing, but I would be willing to assume this has something to do with their health secretary, their assistant health secretary, Richard Levine, who goes by Rachel Levine now and dresses up like a woman as the first transgender female assistant health secretary in the United States. If you look at that person they are not the model of health either too so it's pretty ironic but i digress that is the headline i hate it's absolutely crazy 
but we're living in crazy times. On to the headline I love, and the headline is Biden rolls out health research grants in first visit to East Palestine. Friday's visit to East Palestine, Ohio, marked President Joe Biden's first since a Norfolk Southern train carrying hazardous materials derailed just over a year ago. Why do I love this article? Because it's been over a year, and this is this man's first visit to the area. It has a very personal connection to me, too, because I'm actually from Ohio and probably grew up and lived about... 40 minutes away from East Palestine. So I know a lot of people that are from there and very familiar with the area. We are Trump County there and I get it. That's probably why he didn't go there in the first place, but it's just, it's nuts, man. It's been over a year and now he's going to go down there and talk about, Oh, I had boots on the ground and blah, blah, blah. No, you didn't stop. You know, president Trump was there within a month. I'm going to say the train derailed at the beginning of February, February 3rd or something like that. President Trump was there by the 25th, brought water to the folks And he was there doing the things that a president should do. So I love this article. It's crazy because they talk about in the article, the reason why he didn't go there in the first place is because he was celebrating the year anniversary of Ukraine or so. Maybe it just takes his brain about that long to catch up to things. Maybe it's a year buffer that is spinning around in here before he can actually understand what's going on in the world around him. Took him a year to go to Ukraine. Took him a year to go to Palestine. Hopefully he won't be around in a year to be president for us. And I'm not saying I wish any ill on the man. I'm just saying, hopefully he's not around as our president. So that's what I got for the headline I love. On to the absurdity of the week. And this one comes to us actually from about a week and a half ago. And we're going back into politics and we're talking about the presidential campaign for the Republican GOP nominee. And it has to do with, of course, the one who shares my name, Nikki Haley. I can't believe she's still hanging out in the primaries. So what's really absurd to me is the fact that, A, she's still there. But then during the Nevada primary, and I understand there's a Nevada primary, there's a Nevada caucus. But during the Nevada primary, she came in second to none. And when I say second to none, on the ballot was... You can choose Nikki Haley or you can choose no one on the ballot. She came in second to none. The choice of none won 62% of the vote. So 62% of the people who voted the primary said, no one on this list am I voting for? She was the only one on the list, of course. President Trump was on the Nevada caucus, not on the Nevada primaries. So... Nikki Haley is the absurdity of the month. She's not the absurdity of the week. She's the absurdity of the month. The fact that she's still hanging out. She's polling Jimber in South Carolina, which is her own state. I get it. I understand what she's trying to do. She's trying to hang on there until the end to see if President Trump can't run or is not able to run. And she thinks she can just snatch the nomination. But it's absolutely absurd. It is beyond me. I can't believe it. And that's all I got. Before I go, I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Cutter Holt. Go check him out on YouTube. He's an aspiring voice actor. He's trying to break into that industry. You can look him up at Cutter, C-U-T-T-E-R Holt, H-O-L-T. I will drop their information in the description here. Check them out. Support them. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and follow. We are on Spotify, YouTube, and the Apple Podcasts, Prime Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. And again, don't forget to subscribe. So that way you know anytime I drop a new episode, I want to thank you. You've been listening to Rise of the Black Republican, 18 Haley Productions Podcast.